Hello. Hello. Welcome to Infinite Cast part, I don't know, I'm going to say uh, 38. Nine? No, come on. It's 19, uh, something like that. I think it, it's a funny running bit that we never know. That we don't know, yeah. Uh, what, All right, I'll promptly What level forget. we're going to be at. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yes, we're back with another week of reading Infinite Jest and talking about it and talking about whatever the fuck else we want to talk about. It's great. Uh, <laughs> my major update is that uh, the gifts are in the mail. <gasps> you don't say. The, yes. the, con- the, the cartridges are uh, the cartridges the are in the mail. It has the, been disseminated. The, yes, exactly. Uh, and those of you who uh, uh, live in Canada and... Um, responded to me uh you should consider yourselves quite like lucky because postage to canada is expensive right now what isn't these days the price of bread (laughs) mailing stuff to canada in this economy this economy Uh, it's almost as if we should abolish these borders in north america and create some kind of conglomerate state yeah that we all live in and most importantly postage is not uh, a premium to cross borders sure it's an innovative idea. And we'll probably tank the the maple syrup economy, though. Ooh, that is important. That is important. What do you think? Shall, Shall we get, we get in? It? Yeah. Kind of a weird, it'll be a little weird mini <laughs> I mean, mini last week was a, 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 was oh, a weird Oh, I, I will say, too, I'm in the, uh, in the interest of holding myself accountable. I've started to read some literary criticism, mm-hmm. specifically about uh, whiteness in uh, Infinite Jest and David Foster Wallace's work as it relates to the new sincerity. And I won't bore you with that now because I definitely need to read everything again to see if I understand it because academic English is insane. <laughs> I would be uh, interested in hearing I'm, about that. We I'm can talk about journey. that a little after. Yeah. Yeah. I don't. Can, when we're done reading, will you explain what the new sincerity is to me? That's the thing. I I'm not sure. I know. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm gonna. I'm so stupid. My uh, brain has been melted into a fondue since I graduated <laughs> from college. I'm gonna make you explain it now, and then when you know more about it later. Okay. Oh, that's a good idea. All right. Should we get into it? Yeah. Let's start. Third uh, November. Y D A U. Hal could hear the phone console ringing as he dropped his gear bag and took the room key from around his neck. The phone itself had been Oren's, and its plastic case was transparent, and you could see the phone's guts. Mm, Yellow. Cool. Very 90s. Mm, Yellow. Why do I always get the feeling I'm interrupting you in the middle of some, like, vigorous self-abuse session? (laughs) It was Oren's voice. It's always multiple rings. Then you're always a little breathless when you do. Do what? A certain sweaty urgency to your voice. Are you one of the 99% of adolescent males, Hallie? Hal never liked talking on the phone after he'd gotten high in secret down in the pump room. (laughs) Even if there was water or liquid handy to keep the cotton at bay. He didn't know why this was so. It just made him uneasy. You're sounding hale and fit, oh. You can tell me, you know. No shame in it. Let me tell you, boy, I did myself raw for years on end on that hill. <laughs> Hal estimated over 60% of what he told Oren on the phone since Oren had abruptly started calling again this spring was a lie. He had no idea why he liked lying to Oren on the phone so much. He looked at the clock. Where are you? Home, snug and toasty. It's 90 plus out. That would be Fahrenheit, I'm assuming. <laughs> this city is made of all glass and light. The windows are like high beams coming at you. The air has that spilled fuel shimmer to it. So to what do we owe? Sometimes I wear sunglasses even in the house. Sometimes at the stadium I hold my hand up and look at it and I swear I can see right through it. Like that thing with the flashlight in your hand. 
hands seem to be sort of a theme to this call thus far. On the way in from the lot off the street here, I saw a pedestrian in a pith helmet stagger and like claw at the air and pitch forward onto his face. Another Phoenician felled by the heat. Oh, God. Oh, God. Vamp Molly. Uh, Okay, I'll vamp. That was our buzzer. Chris is, uh, well, maybe while Chris is gone, I can try to explain the new sincerity. Although I don't even think I can. It's, uh, academic words are so nuts. Like, I, it's, it's about, uh, it's about intent, like, versus motive. Ah! (laughs) Sorry, I'm eating, I'm eating shit here. I, you know what, I'm gonna have to read it again. But it's, it's something in the way that people are portrayed in literature and what their identity is in relation to like how they do things and whether you know they're doing things sincerely meaning like as related to like a true feeling within them this is all it's it's all so vague and they made all of these multisyllabic words to try to like corner it and yet i can't do it <laughs> I might have to read the the essay on the new sincerity. Uh, Yeah. Hey, I'm back. He's back. Sorry. We have a thing where our apartment has no lobby or no way to like. It's been a curse for three straight apartments that we've had that uh, we live at the top of a a long like hallway with no buzzer. Um, In the last three apartments, every single one, uh, you have had to go all the way down to the front door when somebody buzzes to let yeah. them in. So. And the alternative is they just leave a package outside. <laughs> um, which or is don't deliver it and then you have to go to some kind of like holding facility in Sunset Park and it sucks. I tried to explain the new sincerity and I did an awful job. Like really, really bad. <laughs> okay, well you're going to have to do it again to me later. All right. Uh, let's. Look, and also let's the finish. other bit is that I don't edit this podcast at all so we just have to keep going Uh, yeah yeah. once i hit record so anyway back in or in masturbation hands uh another phoenician felled by the heat i think to myself it occurred to hal that although he lied about meaningless details to Orin on the phone it had never occurred to him to consider whether Orin was ever doing the same thing this induced a spell of involuted marijuana-type thinking that led quickly, again, to Hal's questioning whether or not he was really all that intelligent. SATs are six weeks away, and Pemulus is less and less helpful on the math if you, know, if you want to know what I'm doing all day. The man's face made a sizzling noise when it hit the pavement, like bacon-caliber sizzling. He's still lying there. I see out the window. He's not moving anymore. Everyone's avoiding him, going around him. He looks too hot to touch. A little Hispanic kid made off with his hat. Have y'all had snow yet? Describe snow for me again, Hallie. I'm begging you. So you go around with this image of me sitting around during the day masturbating is what you're saying. I've actually been thinking of maneuvering for the whole Kleenex concession at ETA as a venture. That, of course, would mean actually contacting CT and the moms. Me and this forward-looking reserve QB have been making inquiries, putting out feelers, volume discounts, preferred vendor status, maybe a sideline in unscented lubricants. Any thoughts? Oh? I'm sitting here actually missing New Orleans, kid. It'd just be coming up on Advent, I think. The quarter always gets really quaint and demure during Advent. It almost never rains down there during Advent for some reason. People remark on it, the phenomena. You sound somehow a little off to me, oh. I'm heat-crazed. I may be dehydrated. 
what's that word? Everything's looked all beige and powdery all day. Trash bags have been swelling up and spontaneously combusting out in the dumpsters. These sudden rains of coffee grounds and orange peels. The displacement guys in the barges have to wear asbestos gloves. Also, I met somebody, Hallie, a possibly very special somebody. Uh-oh, dinner time. Triangles a-clanging over in West. Hey, Hallie, though, hang on. Kidding aside for a second. What do you know about separatism? <laughs> Hal stopped for a moment. You mean in Canada? Is there any other kind? <laughs> End of segment. Mm. Move on. Mm. Ennett House Drug and Re- House Drug and Alcohol Recovery House, which <laughs> takes us to Endnote Forty Nine. Redundancy sick. <laughs> <laughs> Ennett House Drug and Alcohol Recovery House. Okay, was founded in the year of the Whopper by a nail-tough old chronic drug addict and alcoholic who had spent the bulk of his adult life under the supervision of the Massachusetts Department of Corrections before discovering the Fellowship of Alcoholics Anonymous at MDC Walpole and undergoing a sudden experience of total self-surrender and spiritual awakening in the shower during his fourth month of continuous AA sobriety. This recovered addict-slash-alcoholic, who, in his new humility, so valued AA's tradition of anonymity that he simply even refu- refused even to use his first name and was known in Boston AA simply as the guy who didn't even use his first name. <laughs> Opened Ennett House within a year of his parole, determined to pass on to other chronic drug addicts and alcoholics what had been so freely given to him in the E-tier shower. Ennett House leases a former physician's dormitory in the Enfield Marine Public Health Hospital complex managed by the United States Veterans Administration. Ennett House is equipped to provide 22 male and female clients a nine-month period of closely supervised residency and treatment. Ennett House was not only founded, but originally renovated, furnished, and decorated by the nameless local AAX Con, who, since sobriety doesn't exactly mean instant sainthood, used to lead select teams of early recovery dope fiends on after-hours boosting expeditions at area furniture and housewares establishments. (laughs) This legendary anonymous founder was an extremely tough old Boston AA galoot who believed passionately that everyone, no matter how broad the trail of slime they dragged in behind them, deserved the same chance at sobriety through utterly total surrender he'd been granted. It's a kind of extremely tough love found almost exclusively in tough old Boston galoots, which takes us to endnote number 50. Said galoots, also known in the old founders AA circle, Enfield MA's white flag group as the Crocodiles. (laughs) Uh, He sometimes, the founder in the house's early days, required incoming residents to attempt to eat rocks, as in like rocks from the ground, to demonstrate their willingness to go to any lengths for the gift of sobriety. The Massachusetts Department of Public Health's Division of Substance Abuse Services eventually requested that this practice be discontinued. (laughs) Ennett was not any part of the nameless Ennett House founder's name, by the way. This is aside from a a sentence ago, but I've said this before, but I just really like when he uses like. I know, it's funny. Yeah. In like descri- just like I did in descriptive narrative sentences. Mm-hmm. The rock thing, which has become a grim bit of mytho- mythopia, 
Mythopia now trotted out to illustrate how cushy the present and its <laughs> resident and its residents have it. it was probably not as wacko as it seemed to division of SAS since many of the things veteran AAs ask newcomers to do and believe seem not much less wacko than trying to chew feldspar. <laughs> E.g. be so strung out you can feel your pulse in your eyeballs, have the shakes so badly you make a spatter painting on the wall every time somebody hands you a cup of coffee, have the life forms out of the corner of your eye be your only distraction from the chainsaw racing chatter in your head, sitting there and have some old lady with cat hair on her nylons come at you to hug you and tell you to make a list of all the things you're grateful for today. You'll wish you had some guys. <laughs> you'll wish you had some feldspar handy too. In the year of the You Shit You 2007 Mimetic Resolution Cartridge Viewer Motherboard Easy to Install Upgrade for Internatron slash Interlaced TP Systems for Home Office or Mobile. That's a new year. That is a new year, uh, which takes us to EndNote number 51. Uh, Syntax Sick, which had helped drive Mrs. Avril in Condenza, her op-ed letters and formal complaints apparently ignored at every political level to help found the militant grammarians of Massachusetts, ever since a bramble in the flank of advertisers, corporations, and all fast and loose players with the integrity of public discourse. See sub. Oh, God. I don't know what sub, though, so I'm not going to look. Okay. We can only go so far. <laughs> I'm just reading that again to uh, to see what the grammatical problem was. The year of the you shit you 2007 mimetic resolution cartridge view motherboard easy to install upgrade for Infernatron slash interlaced TP systems for home, office, or mobile. It's just a run on. Uh, yeah, it's a run on. Anyway, the nameless founder's death of a cerebral hemorrhage at 68 went unremarked outside the Boston AA community. All right, that was that little segment. We move on. In all caps, from internal interlace system email memo uh, C A H N N E 223575634-22, Claims Adjustment Headquarters, State Farm Insurance Companies Incorporated, Bloomington, Illinois, 26th June, Year of Dairy Products from the American Heartland. I love the dairy products from the American Heartland. Uh, from Murray F at CLM uh, at a email address that I'm not going to read. Two. Powell G slash Sanchez M slash Perry K at the same uh, unreadable uh, email address. Message. Guys, get a load. My death of a bad day. Metro Boston Region 22 this spring. Comp claim. Witnesses deposed by Boston Workman's Comp. Established claimant impaired and the emergency room repped list of blood alcohol of 0.3 plus. So be pleased to know we're clear on the 357-5 liability end. But basic facts below confirmed by witnesses and CYD accident report. Here's just the first page. Get a load. So this is basically just like email forwarding. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Whatever. All right. Dwayne Arglin, uh, 176 North Faneuil Boulevard, Stoneham, Massachusetts. A bunch of numbers, which I'm supposed to believe uh, makes a new zip code. June 21st, uh, year of the uh, dairy products from the American Heartland. Workman's Accident Claims Office, State Farm Insurance, one State Farm Plaza, Normal, Illinois, and another zip code. Dear sir, I'm writing in response to your request for additional information. In block number three of the accident reporting form, I put trying to do the job alone as the cause of my accident. <laughs> you said in your letter that I should explain more fully, and I trust that the following details will be sufficient. I am a bricklayer by trade. On the day of the accident, March 27th, 
I was working alone on the roof of a new six-story building. When I completed my work, I discovered that I had about 900 kilograms of brick left over. Rather than laboriously carry the bricks down by hand, I decided to lower them in a barrel by using a pulley, which fortunately was attached to the side of the building at the sixth floor. Securing the rope at ground level, I went up to the roof, swung the barrel out, and loaded the brick into it. Then I went back to the ground and untied the rope, holding it tightly to ensure a slow descent of the 900 kilograms of bricks. You will note in block number 11 of the accident reporting form that I weigh 75 kilograms. <laughs> um, I assume that is a regular adult male weight. It sounds like, like it. Like 160, 70 pounds like or something. Like 10 stone. It's like 10 stone or something. Due to my surprise at being jerked off the ground so suddenly, <laughs> I lost my presence of mind and forgot to let go of the rope. Needless to say, I proceeded at a rapid rate up the side of the building. In the vicinity of the <laughs> third floor, <laughs> in the vicinity of the third floor, I met the barrel coming down. This explains the fractured skull and the broken collarbone. Oh no! Oh, this poor guy. S- slowed only slightly. I continued my rapid ascent, not stopping until the fingers of my right hand were two knuckles deep into the pulleys. Cool. Fortunately, by this time, I had regained my presence of mind and was able to hold tightly to the rope in spite of considerable pain. At approximately the same time, however, the barrel of bricks hit the ground and the bottom fell out of the barrel from the force of hitting the ground. (laughs) Devoid of the weight of the bricks, the barrel now weighed approximately 30 kilograms. I refer you again to my weight of 75 kilograms in block 11. As you can imagine, still holding the rope, I began a rather rapid descent from the pulley down the side of the building. In the vicinity of the third floor, I met the barrel coming up. (laughs) This accounts for the two fractured ankles and the laceration of my legs and lower body. The encounter with the barrel slowed me enough to lessen my impact with the brick-strewn ground below. I'm sorry to report, however, that as I lay there... (laughs) On the bricks, in considerable pain, unable to stand or move, and watching the empty barrel six stories above me, I again lost my presence of mind and unfortunately lost my leg over the rope, (laughs) causing the barrel to begin, uh, and then uh, it's the uh, signaling the end of the email page. And that's that. <laughs> Should we? Is that enough for? We've done a bunch of really long ones. Is it? We're only like eighteen minutes in, and we took a break. But I, I'm down with this being like a, sh- a somewhat shorter one. I have. I have. There's one more segment. It's just there's so many stupid things. Uh, yeah, let's do, do another do like it. two pages. We'll do another two pages. Just a. It's a long book. Yeah. All right. Here we go. Oh, again, we're gonna do, be doing this forever. I know. Halen Condensa's first existent written comment on anything even remotely filmic, submitted in Mr. Ogilvie's seventh grade Introduction to Entertainment Studies, two terms required, Enfield Tennis Academy, 21st February, in the year of the Purdue Wonder Chicken, at four years after the demise of broadcast television, one year after Dr. James Owen Condensa passed from this life, a submission receiving just a B slash B plus, despite overall positive feedback, mostly because its concluding paragraph was neither set up by the essay's body nor supported, Ogilvy pointed out, by anything more than subjective intuition and rhetorical flourish. Chief Steve McGarrett of Hawaii Five-O and, <laughs> Can get it. and Captain Frank Farillo of Hill Street Blues are useful for seeing how our North American idea of the hero changed from the BS 1970s era of Hawaii Five-O to the BS 1980s era of Hill Street Blues. Mm. Chief Steve McGarrett is a classically modern hero of action. 
He acts out. It is what he does. The camera is always on him. He is hardly ever off screen. He has just one case per week. The audience knows what the case is and also knows by the end of act one who is guilty. Because the audience knows the truth before Steve McGarrett does, there is no mystery. There is only Steve McGarrett. <laughs> the drama of Hawaii Five O is watching the hero in action, watching Steve McGarrett stalk and strut, homing in on the truth. Homing in is the essence of what the classic hero of modern action does. Steve McGarrett is not weighed down by administrative state police chief chores or by females or friends or emotions or any sort of conflicting demands on his attention. His field of action is bare of diverting clutter. Thus, Steve, Chief Steve McGarrett single-mindedly acts to refashion a truth the audience already knows into an object of law, justice, modern heroism. <laughs> In contrast, Captain Frank Farillo is what used to be designated a postmodern hero, viz. a hero whose virtues are suited to a more complex and corporate American era, i.e. a hero of reaction. Captain Frank Farillo does not investigate cases or single-mindedly home in. Is he the one who showed his butt? I, I don't know anything about any of this. That shit. was, wait, no, that's NYPD Blue. Okay. This is Hill Street Blues, right? Hill Street Blues. Okay, right. NYPD Blue was infamous for having the first nude male ass on, uh, <laughs> on uh, broadcast television. Wonderful. Uh Captain Frank Farilla does not investigate cases or single-mindedly home in. He commands a precinct. He is a bureaucrat, and his heroism is bureaucratic, with a genius for navigating cluttered fields. In each broadcast episode of Hill Street Blues, Captain Frank Farillo is beset by petty distractions on all sides from the very beginning of Act One. Not one, but 11 complex cases, each with suspects and snitches and investigating officers and angry community leaders and victims' families all clamoring for redress. Hundreds of tasks to, get, to delegate, egos to massage, promises to make, promises from last week to keep, two or three cops' domestic troubles, payroll vouchers, duty logs, <laughs> corruption to be tempted by and agonized over, a police chief who's a political parody, a hyperactive son, an ex-wife who haunts the frosted glass cubicle that serves as Frank Farillo's office, whereas Steve McGarrett's BS 1970s office more closely resembled the libraries of landed gentry, hushed behind two heavy doors and wainscoted in thick tropical oak. Uh, plus, a coldly attractive public defendress who wants to talk about did this suspect get Mirandized in Spanish and can Frank stop coming too soon? He came too soon again last night. Maybe he should get into some kind of stress counseling. Plus all the weekly moral dilemmas and double binds his even-handed bureaucratic heroism gets Captain Frank Farillo into. Captain Frank Farillo of Hill Street Blues is a postmodern hero, a virtuoso of triage and compromise and administration. Frank Farillo retains his sanity, composure, and superior grooming in the face of a barrage of distracting, unheroic demands that would have left Chief Steve McGarrett slumped, unkempt, and chewing his knuckle in administrative confusion. <laughs> in further contrast to Chief Steve McGarrett, Captain Frank Farillo is rarely filmed tight or full front. He is usually one part of a frenetic, moving pan by the program's camera. In contrast, Hawaii Five-O's camera crew never even used a dolly, favoring a steady, tripodic close-up up on McGarrett's face that today seems more reminiscent of romantic portraiture than filmed drama. What kind of hero comes after McGarrett's Irishized modern cowboy, the lone man of action riding lonely herd, sorry, the lone man of action riding lonely herd in paradise? 
Ferrillo's is a whole different kind of loneliness. The postmodern hero was a heroic part of the herd, responsible for all of what he is part of, responsible to everyone, his lonely face as placid under pressure as a cow's face. The jut-jawed hero of action, Hawaii Five-O, becomes the mild-eyed hero of reaction, Hill Street Blues, a decade later. And as we have observed thus far in our class, we as a North American audience have favored the more stoic corporate hero of reactive probity ever since. Some might be led to argue trapped in the reactive moral ambiguity of post and post-postmodern culture. Here's the last paragraph because that was mentioned yep. before. But what comes next? What North American hero can hope to succeed the placid Frank? We await, I predict, the hero of non-action, the catatonic hero, the one beyond calm, divorced from all stimulus, carried here and there across sets by burly extras whose blood sings with <laughs> retrograde <laughs> amines. Great. That's a good enough place to I was call just it. thinking, uh, listening to this, about maybe one of the, you know, more interesting things of uh what was that stupid movie we watched the road home the long end of the road the road that tours the tour the end of the tour. the end of the tour uh the thing that maybe is the most interesting was uh jason siegel david foster wallace talking about how he's like has an uncontrollable addiction to tv and yes. like basically the one the one thing he is addicted to is consuming media and he has to like fight at every moment to stop it yes and that hyperactive reading of hill street blues just i feel like that's a good image inside his head where he's just like watching shitty hill street blues reruns in like the late 80s and being like my mind cannot stop working about what is going on in hill street blues honestly it's it's funny that we've read about 145 pages so far of infinite jess and i actually do think that essay is maybe the closest that i've seen to what was going on in david foster wallace's mind which yeah. is that he is incapable <laughs> It, it is his blessing and his curse to be incapable of absorbing entertainment meant for the lay person without having to create multiple structures of analysis. Yes. Because that was not just, you know, talking about the, the different heroes uh, as, as we move on in television history. Yeah. But then also placed within the context of like Hal's schooling and of uh, academic writing. Yeah. Oh my God, I'm I'm stressed just thinking about it. It is, and I. But you know what? It makes sense that you know what he probably did, maybe to help, did drugs. Yes. What is an easier way to turn off your brain? Yes, God. It can't stop working. Is like smoking some fucking pot. God, I cannot stop thinking about about a structural analysis of Hill Street. I blues. just want to watch a show about a guy and like laugh and and ooh and ah. Like why yeah. why can't I do that? What else went on in this segment? So we had Hal and Oren have a little phone call. Right. Uh, where he's, Where you know, Oren reveals, among other neurotic things, that he might be involved or know something about separ the separatists. And specific specifically might be involved in a, with a separatist woman. Yes. Um, uh, but also just, I, I believe that's the first specific glance into any of their brotherly relations. Now we saw... A, how taking a walk with um the third brother Mario Mario yes yeah this is the first time that, that Oren and Hal have interacted. spoken okay. and you can see that for example Oren is estranged from his mother and stepfather he doesn't speak to them but he still speaks to Hal yeah but he hadn't even spoken to Hal and, and it, it was revealed that he only had recently like that spring had started calling had started again. calling him again yeah. Hal has got this like paranoid weed like yeah, kind he of feels flat weird. affect yeah. where he's like lying. He's lying to him for no reason. 
it's how so interesting is like the portrait of this adolescent guy who in some ways is a genius. He's a he's a, a academic g- genius and a tennis genius, but he's completely alienated from how he feels. Well, it's it's a little tough. I guess especially like hearing it because the uh the prose is so hyper intellectual to remember that he's writing about a, you know, a 17-year-old or something. Yes. Um but I guess, but it's also a, a precocious, is that the right word? Uh, yeah, a very smart 17-year-old. I don't know. Uh, and then we got a little bit of this, the description of the, the recovery house, which I assume is where all of our addicts are going to meet yes, up. Yes, absolutely. And you, it, I might as well just say that it is at the bottom of the hill that ETA is at the top yes. of. Um, I like the uh, legendary anonymous uh, AA member. Yeah, so the anonymous. Old, the old crocodiles. Yeah, he's forsaken his name for the alcoholics anonymous. Yes, it's okay. Oh, look, it's Andre. We're, we've got uh, <laughs> tennis highlights tennis on. on. Yeah, it's, it's my boy. He, was, he's finally given up his hair. Yes, still looking sexy. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. And then yes, that that email that is only oh, yeah. in there. There's yeah, uh, that absolutely spo- looney spoiler tunes. alert. There's nothing there that that it relates to pretty much nothing in uh, the book other than the. Th- I think you could argue that thematically it's included is because this guy is filing an insurance claim, and the reason he was trying to explain more the reason of why he needed uh, workers' comp, and it's because he tried to do the job alone. Okay. And that, I think, having read this before, I think that is the only thing that is maybe worth... It's a funny joke, and also revealing of, like, you know, email communication or whatever. Yeah. But, like, the So did the senders you... and receivers of that email or anything don't come in? No, no. Not not to my knowledge, unless there's a super deep Easter egg. So if anyone has yeah, done this before and wants to correct to, me, please feel free. Pl- and, and in general, if anybody has more information about this, then we can bring it's to it. It's welcome. Yes. Um, but anyway, the it, just thinking about, because this is the first time that we're specifically adduced, in, introduced to Alcoholics Anonymous, uh-huh. which is the thematic organization of Ennett House. Uh-huh. And we're going to hear a fuck ton more about AA. And be, that is the the academic criticism that i read about new sincerity and about whiteness in this book yeah it's not i feel like it'll be more relevant as we read more of the book but it is this idea that um the the complete surrender that they referenced in aa in that sort of mm-hmm. like salvation of like giving up is centered in like a patriarchal world sure uh <laughs> so which i you know i agree with and i think I mean, right now in 2020, AA, I don't, I don't think is, there's a lot of pushback of that as a, 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 a way of getting into recovery right. and sobriety. Um, there's like, I think there's like harm reduction is also like something that has way more chatter at this point. And also AA has like a spirituality aspect that's like not necessarily the most fashionable right now. Yes. Anyway, this is all to say. It's probably more relevant to talk about later, but also because I do need to read these academic texts again because I am stupid. Well, it has however stupid you think you are. I, I literally do not know what the new sincerity is. So, uh, other than that, it's something that I've heard. Uh, the new sincerity? What do you mean, posting cringe? Ayo, uh, kind of. New sincerity <laughs> is is the posting cringe of the literary world. Sure. Um. What else do I want to talk about? I like all these little things. I mean, it, it is, I think it is telling about how he structures this that we come off that very heavy 
uh, segment that we read last week with like a bunch of little skits, basically. Yes. Uh, that barrel thing is very funny. Uh, I'm going to be thinking about that for a while. It's <laughs> perfectly uh, described. <laughs> Getting hit by a barrel full of bricks four ways. <laughs> yeah. Wait, yeah. Someone someone should animate that. Yes. If they haven't already. Somebody, yeah, somebody make an animatic of Molly reading that. Uh, I guess the thing outside the book that I want to talk about this week that yes. seems most book related is Donald Trump getting banned from Twitter. Well, I was going to say, and there was a, you know, there's a coup or an insurrection. Yeah, or whatever. I mean, that, uh, I mean, that maybe, sure, is talking about, but the thing that. Under, undertaken with the same amount of elegance of anything, any political thing that happens in Infinite Jest. Yeah, sure. You wait to see how the fuck we, we mm. ended up with ONAN. <laughs> okay, great. It's a, it's a, it's a pageant. I, re- I really want to meet Johnny Gentles or Gentle Johnny. What is this? Johnny Gentle. Great. Johnny Gentle. I, I feel like that'll be good. But um, yeah, but I feel like the, the more like post pomo postmodern uh, uh, thing yes. is, is the president getting banned from Twitter. Absolutely. Uh, just because uh, it is so funny to imagine the entire populace. Well, I guess I, I don't know how many people use Twitter anymore. I remember back in the day that the thing was like in when people were like, is Twitter real life in like mm-hmm. 2013 or 14, there were like, there are only like 6 million users on, on this platform worldwide. That's like basically nothing. That's nothing. But There's like, I don't TikTok know how many has like 180 million v- users, users, if yeah. not more. Uh, so I don't know, uh, how many people use Twitter, but it is very funny to think of this, like basically kind of elite strata of people who are posting to this same gigantic board, uh, that the president is also part of and that he, the mods remove him. And then he is like trying to find alts to continue posting to the board. <laughs> and we're all in there with him. Yes, it is very much like, that's the thing that I always like spiritually love the most. Even when Twitter is very dumb is, is like the sense of being trapped in the same mind palace of so many other freaks and weirdos. Yeah. It's the thing that makes the him the most president. relatable. Yeah. Right. It's, that's what, that's what makes him seem, you know, he, he went, it's so funny because he is such a, a legendary poster. He is. Is that his whole thing tier. was about being like, you know, super classy, super yes. like seeming <laughs> super rich, super like unaccessible, like yeah. being at the, the top of the, the, the boardroom table, right? And top then, of the heap, king, king of, of the hell, hell master hello. of posts. <laughs> But then, then he's just he's yeah he's in the in the slop with everybody else. Yes, he's just there, and you can just reply to the president, and suck my nuts. It it's so funny, and that's something that you know Hillary Clinton has never. She's not a poster. Yeah, she never she's will not. be. And so when she does her little like uh, clapbacks, where she's like, "Delete your account," it's, I'm, it's, it's like it's just hard false. to accept that you know she's got a lot going for her but she's not a poster and she thinks that she's like owning him but he's honestly the the only way to own him was to take him off yes and he's finally been owned he has been owned the president has ladies and gentlemen the president has been owned it's wild it's wild it's very funny (laughs) i'm just i'm vibing it's it's a mood close to when he had covid that is feeling like relaxed and free and yeah. like just thinking it's all very funny because obviously there's a bunch of he and serious stuff going especially on. Especially if you're online, especially if you're on Twitter, the president does live rent free in all our heads. Oh, absolutely. And it is just like a funny little reprise of being like, being like, he's, he's not here anymore. It's like that, uh, when Gollum is like, uh, is like, has that moment of clarity Yeah. when he's like, 
He's gone. He's gone. He's gone. Go away. Go away. Okay, wait. I've got a uh, a really roundabout way to bring this back to Infinite Jest take, based take on something home. that I was ranting about yesterday. Sure. Uh, speaking of Gollum, okay. and uh, he's free. Go away. Uh, one of the jokes that I thought was like, cornily funny last night was one of the senators from Hawaii yeah. uh, who I believe is maybe of Japanese descent, an older lady of Japanese descent mm. uh, uh, posting Gollum has lost his precious <laughs> last night uh, which I found very funny, especially from the demographic of the uh, the the older lady senator from Hawaii uh, but it made me think of the other uh, senator of Hawaii who is also fairly online also a poster Brian Schatz uh-huh. and how uh like don't get me wrong I would love to be a U.S. senator that would uh rock and it seems like a real cushy job seems like you don't have to do that much work if you don't want but to. it is just funny to me that the U.S. senator from Hawaii is a white guy named Brian Schatz because yeah. <laughs> it's just like if you get to that he's also fairly young and if you get to that position and you're the senator from Hawaii and you're a white guy named Brian Schatz how can you not be feeling every day like wake up every day and being like yeah I'm basically a colonial administrator right Uh, right. I'm no better than uh the like a a a British guy in a pith helmet who (laughs) drinking quinine in India in in the 19th century yes like that is my job he's a he's like a missionary yeah I mean that's the real vibe yeah obviously colonialism in Hawaii for sure yeah but the yeah he's like a he's like a Christian missionary yeah like trying to choke down a banana for the first time <laughs> yes. being like ew this is gross and every day that i show up in the senate i'm like i like how could you not help but think like i need to, uh, well i'm here to do what's best for these people yeah uh and that's very funny and what also made me think about that is analyzing the hawaii 50 uh the the what does yeah. he say the I, the irishness or, or the, the irishized <laughs> yeah. uh like cowboy of of whoever the police captain is in Hawaii Five O, some guy named like Kevin McCormick or something. Yeah, yeah, where you're basically like, I am the cop for all these natives. Yeah, right. Um, I've never watched either of those shows. Perhaps I'll have to. Yes, uh, there's a new Hawaii Five O. Right. We could watch an episode or two of that. Sure. And try to think of the um something racial and colonial politics. There's, there's probably not a hero of inaction. Yes. And uh, r- dear readers. <laughs> Please remember, a hero of inaction is a theme that will come back in in Infinite Jest as well in ways that might surprise you. Um, which is all to say, I mean, I don't have a sophisticated opinion of ra- the racial politics of Hawaii, but uh, white <laughs> white people should not be allowed to be the senators or representatives there. I think that's a good that's a, as good a thing as any. Yeah. Wow. So that just fell on the ground. Oh, uh, I, lo- I love when, when tennis guys get get mad and pound the ground. um anyway i don't know if i have much more to go on this it's very funny that the president got banned permaban president uh it's permaband president (laughs) permaband president the the only thing i'll say is that it's it's all nice and funny but it is just if anything i mean you'll you'll be exploring more about what the presidency means but it's funny that he inhabited this power right Mm -hmm. and then he he loses the election Mm -hmm. and he's as uh kanye west would refer to you in the in the fourth verse of his 2005 song gone he's cold prada uh uh oh wait no 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 that's that's not kanye that's eminem at the end of uh in the third verse of lose yourself he's his cold prada cold prada like 
it's he's he was once the most powerful man in the world, right? Yeah. Heavy quotes. And now that he he's not serving anyone, he a couple people tried it. They were like, okay, maybe I'll hitch my ride to, yeah. to this horse <laughs> and see if it gets me more power with my constituents. And that was a mistake. Yes. It's it's just people are gonna move on. They're gonna figure out the next the next the thing next to thing. do, the next person to prop up. They're they're Republicans are very good at like going yeah. into their holes and like <laughs> plotting some more. So like him getting kicked off of Twitter is like it's not it's not it's a big deal but it's also like not that big of a deal yeah uh sissy total sense sissy donald trump's republican party no longer hot no longer hot (laughs) y'all y'all are eating at a bad food restaurant he is it's the bad food restaurant of american politics curse to eat at bad food restaurant. remember that taco bowl that he ate in during the campaign no, wasn't it? Didn't he say like "Happy Cinco de Mayo"? Mayo. Here's, here's my grinning Trump and hotel thumbs up taco, taco bowl. bowl. Oh man, that's a classic. I do love a taco salad. Oh, where damn, the shell should we get a taco bowl. salad? Can we do that? <laughs> is that allowed? <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. We're pretty Enough far. Chatter. Uh, that was a that was a fun uh, little segment. Yes. Uh, we'll be back in another week. Oh, a, a tight forty. My goodness. For uh, this episode, uh, gifts are in the mail. Uh, the infinite cast pod at gmail.com sure uh is a place to email us uh bye 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 <laughs>